the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Ozaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today in this series called Bridges, Sean wants us to cross over the bridge to true love. If you have a Bible nearby, open it to 1 John chapter 3 and 4. This is Real Life Radio. John began this conversation back in chapter 3 on love. And he really sets the foundation in 1 John 3, 1 and 2. He says, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are the children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Do you understand? God invites us through Jesus Christ to become his children. And that is children who are unbelievably loved and whole in him. He wants us to have that confidence and openness that ability to so freely give love because we've so freely received love, it's transformative. It changes, and I promise it changes every single relationship. The bridge to true love is the bridge marked wholeness, and that wholeness is found in Him, and it's what He has. And I promise you, when we get a handle on this love of God and how much we are loved, it will change every relationship in our lives. Really, whether a romantic relationship, your marriage, your friendships, work relationships, your kids, relatives. Because we are learning to love from a place of love. A few things that John advocates that I want us to kind of share. Just a few challenges from the scripture this morning. The first is to learn to recognize true love. And this is a bit of a challenge. Learn to recognize true love. Because we throw this word around a lot. That's one of the problems. This word is muddied and cloudy. You know, I, I love my iPhone. Okay, love my iPhone. Don't you love your iPhone? I'm some of you Galaxy users. I'm sorry, I apologize. But I'm just saying, you know, it's like, and of course I love my iPhone until the new one comes out. Then I don't love my iPhone anymore, but I love the new one. I must have it. We throw that, those kind of words around. I, I love chocolates. You know, I love cheesecake, whatever you want to say. We, we just love it. I love football. You know, I love football. We, we use the word for all kinds of things, affection, enjoyment, lust. You know, much has been made over the four different Greek words for love that are totally different things. Phileo, or that brotherly love. Storge, storge love, which is, which is that familial love. Eros, which is passionate, male-female kind of love. And agape which is the word that John uses all throughout that passage. It describes the love that God loves with. 
And in fact, in 1 John 3, verse 16 through 18, he gives us a definition. So we want to know what love is? We can very clearly know what love is. 1 John 3, 16 through 18 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with word or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Oh, so that's what love is. So it's different than like how I love my iPhone or dessert or my favorite football team. See, there's feelings, there's expressions, there's emotions versus a choice, an action. That involves sacrifice on behalf of another. He says, this is what love is. It's visible. It's practical. It's always observable. You see, the truth is, love is a verb, okay? And some of you are feeling a John Mayer song coming on right now. But we resisted the temptation, okay? But love is a verb. So rather than John Mayer, let's go with the Apostle Paul. I think he had some good things to say about it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, listen to what he says about love. Beginning verse 1, he says, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, love isn't about the expression of the words. Because you can say the words. Words can be beautiful. But if there's no real love, agape, then I'm just making noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, I can be smart. I can know everything there is to know about love. If I have faith that can move mountains and I have not love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but I have not love, I gain nothing. In other words, I can do great sacrifices for totally the wrong reason. And without real love, it's meaningless. And then he goes on to this passage, verse 4. Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy. It does not boast, it is not proud. It's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And then just the beginning of verse 8, he said, love never fails. That's what love is. And that's powerful. Had a Bible teacher one time who thought it was really cute, wanted to help us really relate to this, and said, so in every place in the verses 4 through 8 there, love is patient, love is kind, doesn't mean, put your name there instead of the word love. So you can kind of get a handle on it. Well, Sean is patient, Sean is kind, Sean does not envy. Sean does not boast. I didn't make like three or four of those. I'm like, are you kidding me? When you, it, it's a great exercise to show you the distance between what's sometimes in our heart and our nature and what real love is. Love is a verb. And so our challenge when we learn to recognize true love is to make love a verb like Jesus did. Love is a commitment that expresses itself in sacrifice. Love is that thing that says, I love you. And and, and as we understand love in the scripture, it is an unconditional commitment that is not in any way conditioned on whether that person loves me back. That's what Jesus loved. It's an unconditional commitment to absolutely imperfect people. 
That was his love. And God says, this is how you know what love is. The cross. Jesus Christ. Giving his life to pay your sin penalty. My sin penalty. A commitment that expresses itself in sacrifice. That's real love. Jesus Christ died on the cross to make life available for you and I. That's love. So to really even start this conversation, we have to recognize what true love is and separate it from all the other things. The bridge to true love is a bridge marked wholeness. And the second challenge is the one that I think can radically transform relationships all over the place if we'll just take it to heart. One is we need to learn to recognize true love. Second, we need to choose to receive true love. See, I can know what true love is, but until I receive it, it doesn't, it doesn't radically transform my life. But the minute I do, it changes me. And it will change every relationship that I have from that point. Verses 9 and 10 said, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son to the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's the secret to wholeness. Choose to receive true love. God did all that for you and for me. When we realize how loved we are, when we discover that we're not alone, it changes you. It truly does. God did the whole thing for you and me. See, God's not like one of these people. You ever met somebody who like loves mankind but doesn't like people? Okay, yeah, I've known. It's like, that's weird to me, you, you know? You love, I love mankind, you know, it's kind of, God so loved the world, but God doesn't like the people. I don't, I don't think that's true. He absolutely loves and is passionate about people. And he loves you. And he did all that for you. I mean, you need to understand how loved you are. You wake up in the morning as a child of the king, and he's excited that you're up. You know, he's been up for hours because, well, he's God. He doesn't sleep, okay? He's good. But when you wake up, he's fired up, not just because he wants to watch you and go, oh, look, I can, like a movie. No, he wants to talk to you. He wants to hear what's on your heart. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to go throughout your day with you. He created us for a relationship because he loves us. He redeemed us for a relationship because he loves us. He absolutely is crazy nuts over you. As much as I go on and on to you about my granddaughter and how she's the most awesome kid in the world, which she is, I just got to point out. Do you know God must drive the angels insane talking about you? Have I shown you the pictures recently? Yeah, God, we got it. No, no, you love them. That's cool. He is sloppy, crazy in love with you. Because, see, you don't do what he did for someone that you're kind of tolerating. It's like, well, I'm God. I should be good, so I probably should do this plan of redemption because I'm God. We, we sometimes think of him as this impersonal kind of force that, that you know, kind of had to do that because, well, he's God. No, he is a personality who absolutely loves you. And he made it possible for you to have abundant life that he designed for you, all because of love. It changes you when you realize how loved we are. You realize, you know, you're not a victim. You're a child of the king. 
that, that'll change you when you, that really sinks in, when that sinks deep. Goes via, you know, kind of makes the 18-inch trip from your, your knowledge here to your experience in your heart here. You're not forgotten. You know that you're adored. He loved you enough to give his actual life for you. He wants to live with you and in you by his spirit. He wants to fill that void in your heart with his love and bring absolute wholeness to you. And that will change you. See, being whole in Christ because of his love means I'm not needy anymore. I don't have to be protectionist. My needs are fulfilled in him. I don't need to go to some person and try to to pull things from them that they never can provide me because they're just a person. Things that I can only get from God. I don't have to do that. I become a whole person. And in that, I begin to be able to love. I don't have to have this barrier of protection because in Him, I'm secure. Radically transformative. And I just want to say it all. That's what John is saying over and over again. We love because He first loved us. I am love, so I love. And you can have that kind of love today. I I don't want to assume, just because you're here on a Sunday morning, that you've ever actually invited God into your life. That you've asked Him to forgive you of your sins and be your Savior and fill you with His Spirit and fill you with His love. I don't want to presume that you've done that because maybe some of you here haven't. Good news is today you can See, here's the whole thing in kind of a nutshell. Here's why the cross matters. The Bible, as I said a few moments ago, says that all of us have sinned. Ever since great-grandfather Adam chose to rebel against God, all of us have followed suit. It's part of our nature, this idea that says, I want to be God in my own life. Every single one of us. And the Bible says that the penalty or the wages, and this is justice, folks, is death. There is a death penalty on each one of us our souls, our spirits, our lives because of sin. That's what the Scripture says. But the Scripture also says God absolutely passionately loves us. So what's a good God to do? See, He can't just be like an absent-minded old grandfather who goes, oh, well, these kids, you, come here. You know, He can't do that. Because if He wasn't just, He wouldn't be good. You understand that? There's nothing good about a lack of justice. Justice is the wages of sin is death. That's justice. But God in his infinite love wanted to extend mercy. So what does he do? He sends his son, Jesus Christ, who lives a sinless life, incurring no death penalty of his own, and then voluntarily gives that life on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin and mine. So God can say, you've been forgiven. And when we come to him and ask for forgiveness, he can extend that and he can be just and say, You've been forgiveness because your penalty has been paid by my son Jesus Christ on the cross. You're set free. He can be fully just and fully merciful all in the same moment. That's God. That's awesome. And what I want to say is I've I've heard it from people. Oh, man, you don't know what I've done, preacher. Oh, God doesn't want any part of me. I just want to say, yeah, um, you don't know how big my God is and how much he loves you and how big his grace is. And so I just want to say, yeah, yeah, give that to the Lord. So if you're here and you've never entered into that kind of relationship, I want to ask you, what's stopping you? You have a God who loves you and gave his life so that you could have relationship and life with him. That sin barrier that used to stand between you and he doesn't have to be there. 
That's why he did it. The whole thing is so he can have a relationship with us and live life with, through, and in us. And so I just want to say, I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. If you've never received Christ as Savior, you can today. It's very simple. It's not, I'm not saying easy. I didn't use that word. Because surrendering your life to God's direction and turning your back on the old way and following Him is sometimes anything but easy. But it is simple. And so I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. And if you want to accept God's love and grace, if you want to be forgiven and set free in Him this morning, you can do it. Just pray along. This is between you and God. I don't have to hear you. This is between you and He. But just let Him meet you in this place right now. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the love that John wrote about over and over and over again in these few chapters. I believe you. I believe you love me. And Lord, I am a sinner. I know it. My sin has hurt you. It's hurt others around me. It's hurt me. And I just ask that you forgive me. I need your forgiveness. I need a Savior. I pray that you'll forgive my sins, Lord. I thank you for your death on the cross that made justice possible for me. I ask that you forgive my sins. And Lord, more than just forgiving the sins of my past, I ask that you would come into my life. And I ask that you would lead me into a different kind of future by your spirit. That's the whole point. This isn't an ending, Father. This is a beginning of a life and a relationship with you. I ask that you would fill me. And I ask that you would lead me now by your spirit. And I thank you for the gift of salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in this series called Bridges. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermon page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to visit River City, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And let's return to this message called The Bridge to True Love. This is Real Life Radio. See, the Bible says if you just prayed that prayer and you meant it between you and God, you are a new creation. There's been a fundamental change in your spirit. It has been made alive in Him. The old is gone, the new has come. I want to ask you, if you prayed that prayer, would you do me a favor and just real quickly take the connection card out of your bulletin fill it out and check the box that says i'm committing my life to christ we've got some resources we want to get you to help you kind of know what's next what what are the next steps i take well how do i actually follow jesus in my life and we want to get you some materials to help you with that by the way the scripture also says if you prayed that prayer there's a whole big party going on in heaven which is pretty cool too so just wanted you to know about that 
See, the bridge to true love is this bridge marked wholeness, and that is found in Him. And if you just received Christ as Savior, you now have the presence and love of Jesus, and you have that unbelievable love to make you whole. And it will change you. And it will change the way you operate and respond in relationships. Last thing that James, uh, excuse me, John challenges us in is I think we need to decide to reflect true love because that's where it goes full circle. Because now that I am filled with Him, I am loved, so I love, it changes how I relate. 1 John 4, again, 11 through 14, it said, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one's ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, His love is made complete in us. Listen to this. This is powerful here, and you need this. We need to know, or we know that we live in Him, and He is in us because He's given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. He's given us of His Spirit. Do you know that means I don't have to do all this loving on my own in my own strength? He lives in me, and He empowers me to love with His love. You remember what it said, God is love? I actually am filled as a follower of Jesus Christ filled with his spirit i'm filled with his love so it doesn't have to be my strength because here's the problem okay that's the good news here's the not so good news i still have this carnal flesh of mine there's still this part of me so that when you do something rude to me not you because you guys never would but when people those people out there when they say something rude or hurtful to me because there's a part of me that steps up and goes oh no you didn't You want some? You want some of this? You know, all that's going on inside. I'm not going to say it to you, but it's all happening in there, okay? And it's it's working, and that's called the flesh. Galatians 5 tells us that the flesh and the spirit are at war in us. The good news is the flesh isn't all there is anymore. There's the spirit, because while there's that part of me going, "Mm, mm," wanting to, you know, kind of get all up in you, okay? There's this other part of me now that is God's spirit within me. And he's speaking a different message. And I come to these little points. I call them crossroads because we come to multiple every day. And in relationships, we're going to come to these little crossroads. And someone's going to say something, do something stupid or whatever it is. And I've got a decision to make. I can follow the flesh. Scripture says I will be grieving the spirit within me. I can follow the flesh and lash out in the flesh and strike back or whatever it is. Or... I can follow the Spirit, which would be a very different path. And I'm either going to get the fruit of the flesh, which is just more flesh and not really good, or I can have the fruit of the Spirit, which is life. And it'll change. When we get this and start responding in love because of His love in us, it doesn't have to be in my own strength. The minute I just stop and don't lash out in the flesh and say, God, help me, He's there to give me strength to respond in His love. And it changes everything. It changes relationships. Even if they don't immediately respond, you have no idea what's happening. In the Spirit, inside of them, even inside of you. So I just challenge you. Let His love change us and let it cause us to rethink how we approach relationships altogether. See, learning to love will change us because instead of going to relationships saying, what can I take, which is how in our natural flesh we sometimes will, in fact, we we always end up there. What can I take from this relationship? We start to now follow the Spirit. It's what can I give? 
What can I bring to this relationship? How can I enrich this person? In other words, how can I make love a verb in this person's life? One thing you can do that will radically uh, impact any relationship you're in, learn to listen. It's hard. Especially if you know, you're in a relationship with someone or you're involved in a conversation or whatever with a person and they're saying absolutely crazy stuff. But you realize many people go through life and they have no one to listen to them. What an act of love it is just to listen to someone. Just say, I'm going to listen. How about building people up? Choose to say, how can I enrich this person? How can I build them up being an encourager? Because you know, they got tons of people willing to tear them down. They got a long line of people who probably have torn them down and those who are waiting to. Do you realize what it'll do relationally for you, you and your relationships if you say, I'm going to choose to be that person who builds you up? I'm going to build these people up. I'm going to be, bring a word of encouragement. It's just love. I don't think there's anything that'll transform our relationships like receiving and sharing the love of Jesus. Really, it, it, it'll change everything. And you have to realize, it'll transform this fellowship if we all make a commitment to fully receive and fully act out and respond in the love of Jesus. It'll change our community. This many people start making a point to say, I'm going to receive the love of Jesus today. I'm going to remember how loved I am. I'm going to be secure and whole in Him. And so therefore, now I'm going to go and I'm going to love others like that. And we'll start a revolution. The bridge to true love is the bridge marked wholeness, and that is found in the love of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Bridges. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message and this whole series, it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're always invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times, including the new Saturday night service, also at the website reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.